What's going on, everybody? And uh, welcome to the first ever episode, and I believe the first ever MMA podcast in Texas Tech history. Finish the fight here with your host, your one and only Stephen Hardy Jelani, and I'm here with my co-host, Grant Leverett, and then our wonderful producer, Branson Nash, man. I appreciate y'all being here, man. I, I appreciate y'all making Finish the Fight happen with me. You know, right. it's been awesome. Well, we appreciate what you do for the station. First ever UFC podcast at Texas Tech, making a precedent here, and you're also the only person on KTXT or in the studio that writes about UFC as well. So if you need any good UFC news, make sure you look at our Twitter page. We have a lot of good content written from Steven himself, the king of UFC at Texas Tech University. We have a, uh, it was a big weekend last weekend. There's yep. a, a title a belt that's still up for grabs because I don't yep. know if it'll ever be owned by somebody ever again and there's yeah. a big pay-per-view 248 coming up this weekend steven yeah man for sure and uh man let, 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 let's just go ahead and jump into it man and, you know uh this past weekend was another crazy weekend you know it was a big it was a big weekend but another another crazy weekend you know uh this 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 fight card at norfolk virginia uh we had uh joseph benavides and davison figueredo fighting for what is still the vacant flyweight title and uh you know, we, we, we all know Henry Cejudo was the one was the one to uh, hold the belt before before you had to give it up. And then before that was, of course, you know, one of my fan favorites, or, you know, one of our fan favorites, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, you know. And so uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this 125 pound division. You know, um, it's never been the most talent stacked division. It's never been the most demanded division. And. With Davis and Figueredo missing weight by two and a half pounds, his first time ever in his career, you know, missing weight and coming in and just laying the lumber on Joseph Benavides, or you know, uh, a guy who's been around, one of the pioneers of the flyweight division, um, to see him get finished the way that he did that night, it was quite heartbreaking, you know. And for you and for USC fans all around the world, you know, we know how much. We wanted Joseph Benavides to win this flyweight title, and to see him get taken out like that. I mean, I don't know if you all saw the fight. It was, it was an interesting fight. The way Joseph, ben I mean, Joseph Benavides fought the way that that he's always fought, mm -hmm. right? Going in there striking, but the main reason, but the main thing is that it was, he was leading with his head, and I, and from the very first when I started watching that fight, I'm just saying. He's got to watch that head. He's got to watch that head because Davis and Figueroa, he looked big. He looked big. He looked huge. I mean, even though he missed weight, he looked like a big, huge um, bantamweight. I mean, he looked like a small, a little bit of a smaller version like of, of, of Marlon Marais. That's what he kind of reminded me of. And when he measured up Joseph Benavides after that headbutt, you know, oh, the, oh my God, I don't know if you saw that headbutt, you know, in slow motion. It was just like the elevator doors and the shining opening up with all that blood. It was, it, it was, it was yeah. bad. It was disgusting. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. What to, sorry. I, I just don't know what to do with, with, with the division now. Joseph Benavides is getting TKO'd like that. Oh, yeah. um, his third title fight. And, you know, what do you, so where do we go from here? You yeah, know? and all the schematics surrounding it's kind of sad with Figueredo uh, getting the win and a huge, huge win for his career um, and advancing in his regard. But at the same time for the UFC, kind of a disaster night. Um, in terms of pay-per-view buys and stuff like that, it was okay. Uh, Norfolk did okay in that regard. But with him um, being two pounds overweight, um, first of all, for a title fight, and that now you only got one guy who's eligible to win the title, 
um, especially in that division um, with Sehudo not uh, fighting um, for that belt right now, and then Demetrius Johnson departing from the UFC. Um, right now, there's no real standout guys um, for that belt, and again, no one's holding it right now. And honestly, yeah. in that 125, I don't know if you need the flyweight anymore in the men's division anyway, um, with the way it's going. Yeah, and and like I like, and like I was saying, you know, what do we, what, what are we going from here? I know. And then, as I was saying before, when, when I was talking to you outside, uh, Grant, uh, we we also Henry Sudo's a, a manager, you know, a lot a lot a lot of a manager who has a, a lot of controversy against him, you know, in, in Ali Abdelaziz, um, who manages Henry Sudo. He he posted on Twitter, you know, maybe a couple of hours ago today that uh, Henry Sudo will indeed defend his uh, his former belt, his former flightweight title. Uh, against somebody in that division after he uh of course if if he even gets through uh in the, the former the former 145 pound king jose aldo so and that's kind of an interesting fight too you know henry cejudo and jose aldo going at it you know uh jose aldo is 0-2 in his last fight so we don't but you know he looked pretty good against marlon marais i can't, a lot of people will say that he actually won that fight against uh marlon marais and so i think it's, this is an interesting fight you know a, a wrestler turned into a striker facing a Top notch striker in Jose Auto, but going back to the 125 pound division, <sighs> would I be mad if they took the division away? Maybe a little bit because I would feel for those fighters at 125. You know, I mean, that's that's the division, that's the division they want to fight at, and to make them go up to 135, where uh, Joseph Benavides is, he's he looked even small as a 125er. He looks really, really small even at 125, and that's his division. And so for him to go up to 135 or, you know, a lot of these fighters, you know, especially Joseph Benavides, it's like, you know, now you're taking on some, I mean, not big, big dudes, right, but 135ers, you know, they're, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely a step up, you know, and uh, with, with Henry Cejudo and Jose Aldo all in there, Marlon Moraes, Dominic Cruz, uh, Cody Garbrandt, you know, it's, those, are some, those are some big guys. And that's the problem with the flyweight division is like it's not like other divisions where you can just hey let's get a guy from a weight class below us and maybe he can gain some weight and fight for this title fight maybe a big name guy there's not a weight class below the flyweight and so they're kind of in this weird position right now but I'll put you and Grant on the spot right now just kind of close your eyes imagine you're Dana White what do you do with this division do you give Figueroa a chance against somebody like Formiga do you mm-hmm. give Benavidez another chance. Like, mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you try to get Henry Cejudo back into the division? It seems almost impossible at this point. What are your options and what would you go with? Well, that's a great question, man. I, and that's a great question because as soon as that fight ended, I started saying, well, I wouldn't be mad if they made a rematch against Benavides and Figueiredo, right? Mm-hmm. Because of just how many things were up against that fight. Yep. Figueiredo miss, missing weight by two and a half pounds. People say, oh, it's only two and a half pounds. No, but for divisions like that, for for guys who are that oh, yeah. small, if you're at 125 pounds, I mean that two, yeah. pa- two and a half pounds overweight, I mean that's a huge deal. Definitely, and 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 to top it off, Figueroa's a big guy. I mean, not a huge guy, but he's he's a for sure natural for the 135. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he looked he looked big, and for him to just walk across, uh, Joseph Benavides' strikes. Joseph Benavides was going in there and scrapping right, and I was just like, oh my god, it was like a Rocky versus. Ivan Drago. I don't want to say Ivan Drago, but it was kind of like that, you know? But it, Joseph Benavides was going there, his natural style, going in there and swinging and stuff like that. And Figueroa was just walking through him. And he was just, he had even had the uh, the audacity to just put his hand on there, measure him up, and bang with that right hand. And so to answer your question, Branson, I would say, 
give this flyweight top, this flyweight division maybe another year, and let's see who and let's see uh, let's see if Henry Cejudo comes back and down comes back down and defends his belt. You know, let's see if uh, if if Ali Adelaziz, uh, you know, makes it happen on his promise. So I think you should keep it around for just maybe one more year, and see what happens. Maybe another superstar comes out of it. Because right now, Davidson Figueroa thinks, believes that he's the champion, right? And you mm-hmm. cannot call yourself the champion, buddy, if you're two and a half pounds overweight. And you, you just can't do it. You just can't do it like that. So to answer your question, keep it around for a little bit, for a little while. I wouldn't be mad at the rematch. Or you can have the you can have Figueroa face someone else. Uh, maybe, maybe the the two guy Formiga, I believe, or maybe yeah. even have uh, uh, an interim belt, S- something. But then just keep it down for for maybe one more year. What do you what do you have to say? Yeah, about? you gotta. I I agree with you on that. Maybe keep it around another year. But here the problem is is that I mean you have no real stars in terms. And the problem mm-hmm. with Demetrius um, leaving is I mean Demetrius in his own right wasn't just. I mean people love him. Like I love watching him fight. Great. But fighter. overall, as a star, he's not one of the like. Whenever you're thinking UFC or whenever he's fighting in the UFC, you weren't thinking that he was one of the big gentleman stars. Um, whenever you were looking at the entire um, organization. Yeah, and so the problem is now you take the one guy who maybe even was almost there in Demetrius, and then you got Henry now, who's truly a 135er who yeah. held the 125 belt. Um, really, for his career, um, he's best at 135, and it doesn't make. I, I know, like his manager and everything said, he's fight uh, at the 125 after the fight yeah. um, with Jose Aldo, but at the same time, at 135, he looks his best, and that's what he performs best at again. So. I th- again, I think you can like, give it another year, like you said. But if this continues, and maybe we get a rematch of this past weekend. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if it doesn't improve the next year without, like you said, maybe a superstar emerging, I don't see how they can keep this around. Whenever your best guys at 125 or your best guys at 135 and they're just going down. So, in that regard, that's what I would say until you maybe – I mean, you give a whole lot of money to Demetrius maybe. But Yep, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, and uh, – now, if Dana White was was to come out today and or tomorrow and say, you know what, we're gonna get rid of the 125 division. You know, we 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 had, we had a lot of fun, we had a lot of good scraps, but we're gonna we're gonna end the 125, and now we're gonna add a 165 pound division, or we're gonna add a one 195 pound division. You know, because right? because of, of those big huge gaps. You know, the 165 pound division is heavily talked about. I mean. Everybody and their mother who's an MMA fan wants that division. 165 is amazing. You talk about Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, uh, Diego Sanchez, you know, maybe even a, 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 a Jorge Masvidal. You know, those smaller welterweights, right, who are looking for, do I go down to 155 or do I stay at 170, but I'm too small for 170. You know, we have all that. We have the, the, the Diego Sanchez uh, controversy going on right now. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's... You know, and then you have a Conor McGregor who's really small for 170. I mean, if he ever took on Kamaru Usman, I mean, oh, oh my goodness, it's going to yeah, be the Nigerian nightmare. See, yeah, I don't want to see that yeah. at all. So if Dana White came out and said, you know what, sorry, buddy, you know, uh, 125 was great. You know, we had it for a while. You know, it's been, you know, eight years and nothing's really nothing, nothing's really come about it. But 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 uh, we're going to give uh, UFC fans, MMA fans, a 165-pound division. 
I'm all for it. I'm Every, all for yeah, it. I, I, mean, I would absolutely love to have a 165 division. And the thing about it is, is like you said, at welterweight at 170, you got a ton of guys who are fighting at it that really – Truly, in their natural state of how they walk around the streets at just natural, mm-hmm. their natural bodies. You've got a ton of guys like Conor McGregor who they're walking around at 165. Yep. Now, Conor, of course, against the fight um, against Cowboy, weighed in at 170. Although, um, you know, people said he might be a little sluggish or whatever. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, he didn't. Ba- <laughs> he barely made the weight. I mean, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because, because leading up to fight week, when he was talking to Ari Hawani on that interview, he was like, uh, he was kind of skeptical. He yeah. said, well, wh- where are you yeah. at right now? He goes, uh, uh, 160 you know he's like what so it's like how do you bulk up 10 pounds yeah, in just one yeah. week you know i mean you can lose you can lose 10 pounds in one week by cutting weight but to bulk up to 170 pounds yeah in a week you yeah. know it, it's oh man it, i, I was thinking like, connor at a 165 oof. and like you said nate i think would be a good 165 or yeah jorge masvidal i think would be amazing anthony, at 165. Pettis. Pettis. anthony pettis would be great you know um, i know he struggled a lot yeah. at 155 which just how much the 165 division is called for by the fans yep and i get obviously you're there the ufc is an mma um organization first but at the same time you're you're in the entertainment industry exactly and dana white likes making money and if you're gonna try to make some money i mean adding a 165 pound division would be absolutely it'd just be the right call in my opinion um and i don't know if you need to take away the 125 for it but then at that point are you having too many belts and at that point i'd probably say you do yeah and people are afraid because People are afraid because it, it's uh, it's going to be watered down, like boxing. And no, because boxing, you have so many different organizations. Yeah, UFC is yeah. UFC is huge. That's true. You know, UFC UFC is the NFL, yep. right? When you look at it, you know. And and, and I'm not taking a shot at Bellator or one or FC or anything like that, yeah. but UFC is the UFC. You know, but I don't think it'd be watered down too much. Um, I think it'd be fun. You know, you can stack cards more. You know, like. Yeah. Like this, you let's be honest. A lot of these five cards this year have not been no, interesting. That Houston at card. All. Oh and, gosh, yeah, I mean, no. we can talk about that when once the once the break comes back. We'll come back from break, but it's just been atrocious these five cards, you know. So, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Well, good discussion. Perfect timing on the ending. We'll come right back. We have a lot to talk about on future fight cards. What UFC 248 looks like. Not the most flashy of fight cards. But it's still a pay-per-view this weekend. I have some, have some eyeballs staring at me right now. Maybe some disagreement. But we'll be right back. Keep it right here with, for your more uh, UFC news and talk.
Let's do it. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are back from break. You know, we got some, still got some great topics, man. And, and, and let's just keep it, you know, let's just give our two cents on it real quick. You know, of course, you know, one, I guess, probably the biggest story out of UFC Norfolk this, uh, this past weekend was the bass hoppage from, from Eon Kutaleba. And, uh, oh, my gosh, what's, uh, what's the Dagestanian's name? He slips my mind, his opponent. Um, yeah, I just know Kutaleba. Yeah, there you go. Um, and... Uh, just the probably the most disgusting stop. It, it was truly awful. Yeah, it, it was awful. I mean, and that, and I, I don't want to bash the referee, but I kind of do want to bash the referee a little bit. I mean, no, Kev- I'm gonna bash him. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, like- <laughs> I mean, Kev- look, Kevin McDonald. This is his mo. We can go back to when when Henry Cejudo beat T.J. Dillashaw mm-hmm. for the belt. What an early stoppage that was. You know, I mean, and then you can say, well, no, Steven, you know, uh, Henry Cejudo was just laying the lumber to him. He wasn't going to stop. Yeah, he wasn't going to stop, but neither was Gray Maynard when he was beating Frankie Edgar in that lightweight title fight, you know. None of these guys are going to stop, but that doesn't mean the guy's out of the fight. You know? Exactly. He, I mean, Kudaleva, I mean, he got rocked by a couple of head kicks, but at yeah. the same time, if you are standing there having a defensive position, you are upright, and you're still throwing punches, there's absolutely zero reason to he end a fight. The he, was, exactly. he was throwing leather. It was like it a baseball. Make, exactly. It didn't make any that, – that stoppage didn't make any sense. And it just comes back to the same yeah. thing that I'd say about um, UFC a few weeks ago in Houston and that oh, the decisions – um, not just with referees, but with judges. You have got to get together, for one, and stop scoring it like a boxing match because it's yep. not it's at not all. Boxing. And then two, for referees like this. I mean, these things not as brutal as that one this past week. I mean, that right. was that was just so terrible. Yeah, and and uh, to to Kudaleba's non credit. He said that going in, that that was the game plan. Like, to do, like, this rope-a-dope type of... I mean, yeah, okay, you can do the rope-a-dope. I mean, guess, guess who's most famous for doing rope-a-dope? Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad. W- yeah. One of the greatest boxers of all time. But, brother, this is this is an MMA match, <laughs> Yeah, this right? is what UFC. Do, this ain't no boxing. This is a boxing like, what match. What are you doing? Yeah, are you doing uh, and then, you know, he, he was kind of, like, faking it. Um... But when you when you watch it in slow motion, the kicks from from the Dagestani, he, he slips my mind. His name slips my mind. But, um... He, he was landing those kicks, but he wasn't landing flush, you know. And I, I think Kudu was just trying to, like, draw him in. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, just doing that little, like, weird little wiggle that he yeah, was doing. I don't, yeah, the little, I don't mm-hmm. get what that was. But I don't get why that was your game plan to, like, fake that you're – I mean, I guess because even, maybe even Derek Lewis even did against Junior Santos, you know. But mm-hmm. I think you need to – I think – thank you, buddy. I think you need to uh, – so Magomed Ankalaev. There you go. There you yeah, go. That Ankalaev, was uh, yeah. Ian Kutaleva's opponent. Uh, uh, but – yeah, but I, w- I would say, buddy, uh, get a better game plan. I would say get a better game plan. Oh, yeah, I the fact that he wants it reversed, I'm like, I mean, they weren't. I mean, he wasn't. Although, did he really have a shot to, I mean, do anything with how early it was stopped? But at the same time, of it, like what you're saying, his game plan, you know, wasn't the best in the world. No. But, um, yeah, the early stoppage was ridiculous. Dude was still in a fight. He was standing on his two feet, still fighting. Still fighting. And, and swing, swinging for the fences as well. So he almost knocked out the ref. Kevin no. McDonald stopped. I was like, dude, that, don't that's step. another. That's another thing is, I mean, when it, it got stopped so early, but at the same time, if you look at McDonald, he's trying to stop it right there 12, 15 seconds before he exactly. could. Like, that's exactly. what the most ridiculous part was. And, like, I mean, he's literally – the fact that he had to avoid the guy he's about to say got TKO'd 
he's having to avoid his punches. Yeah. That that should tell you maybe I shouldn't stop this fight considering he's still punching. Exactly. It makes no sense. Swinging for the fences. I mean, Ian Kutuleva looked like he was swinging for like like a Barry Bond swing. I mean, it was <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, I thought he was gonna knock him out with that with that last punch he threw. But I, you know, I, I would say, buddy, to you, I mean. To uh, I mean I'm not I'm not a, I'm not an MMA expert or anything. I'm not his coach, but you, I would think you would go with a better game plan than to play possum, especially in the first round. In the first round, you don't want to play. I don't think you want to play possum in the very very first round when you all are slinging at it. And even to start off the fight before the fight even started, when Bruce Buffer was announcing them, they got into a scuff a scuffle. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I don't I mean, think you want to play. Loved it. You don't <laughs> want to play possum. You don't want to play possum with a, a Dagestani killer like that. And a light heavyweight division like that, no. And with two with two brawlers, no. And then to to piggyback off you, Grant, something has to be done with 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 with, with scoring, with refereeing. I mean, and 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 the open scoring is great. You know, Invicta is going. I wrote an article about Invicta uh, uh, implying it uh, in their next Kansas City card yep. or next Kansas card, I believe. And but even though I love the idea of open scoring and 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 letting fighters know and letting the fans know where these fighters stand mm -hmm. and where they're at, um, it's great, but it's not the whole entire answer. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love this decision to have open cardio and how they're going to let everybody, I mean, yeah. round by round, they're going to let people know like who they have winning and stuff like that. Right. But at the same time, like you said, that's not going to fix it all. I mean, no. you're still going to, I mean, that's in terms of judges. You're still going to have to get, they're still going to score it like a boxing match, which yep. needs to be done. They still don't have people that are qualified or have fought in their lives. Yep. Scoring uh, cards. And then judges. I mean, sorry, referee. And then you have the yeah. referee problem. Referee. So and and, and refer I don't think refereeing is the whole problem because I know we just had Kevin McDonald making those weird I mean, he even made he even made him I think he made a mistake uh, early stoppage with that Megan Anderson fight. You know, because Megan Anderson, you know, she landed that flush right mm -hmm. hand, yep. you know, to uh, her opponents that she slips my mind as well too. Uh kind of an unknown fighter, but Megan Anderson Perfect right-handed punch. She walked into it, boom, bang. Kevin McDonald right there, and then stopped the fight. You know, and uh, it's not making man. It's not, the, it's, not, it's not the fighters' fault. It's not their fault at all. They're fighting. They're there to fight. You know, you, you stop when the referee when the referee stops you, but referees as a whole have to meet together. Something that, and they also have to be hold, held accountable. Accountable. You know, there needs to be post-fight press conferences with these people. Hundred percent. Or, or post-fight, post-fight, whatever. You know, and because uh, they need to give their two cents. Why? Why'd you make this stop? You know, are you trying to protect the fighters that much that if they get hit with a flush, uh, kick or punch to the face, you know, done. that they're gonna stop yeah. it right there and then? So, but to but to go back, the open scoring fixes one problem, but doesn't fix the whole the whole entire. Problem. So, um, but um, did you have any more on that, Grant? That you want to add? No. Yeah. I mean, basically, what you said. I mean, we we got to have them held accountable. Like you said, press conferences. I think would be really good. Yeah. Maybe not even changing decisions they make while they're in there, but just having them answer as to why they did a certain thing. And just like you know, on the Joe Rogan podcast, um, having some of the he's had some refs on there, and like they yeah. explain why they did certain things. And it's like, oh yeah, like the public, like. I mean, Joe Rogan's podcast, biggest podcast in the world, yep. and you have a ton of people watching it, and then whenever you hear them rationalize why they did stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, I get it. But at the same right. time, you don't hear that, and so you're just thinking, like, what the heck are they doing? Exactly. So at the same time, while I think – I mean, obviously, it's a tough job. Yeah, for sure. they got to be better. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I would, I would want to be a referee, man. I don't think I want to be a referee no. in, in uh, any sport. No. Nope. In any sport because you get crucified. No. You get crucified right there and then, and even though it's their fault – it's their fault. 
it, it's still it's like oh man it's a hard job and, and going and going back on you grant you know uh that that one podcast that joe that joe rogan joe rogan did with herb dean you know herb. arguably the uh the best referee in, in all of mma easily the goat oh gosh yeah he's awesome and and the and one that he got most of the most controversial off was the robbie lawler ben Askren fight yeah. you know when uh when when Ben Askren had him in that bulldog choke and Robbie, Robbie Lawler, Lawler he went, said that he saw yeah. he went he, he went, went limp, limp. Little, yeah. he went a little bit limp I, I don't know if he went out but or I don't know if he was just resting yeah. but it's a so when you squeeze so the a, head that's another thing that I was at yeah. the time I was like what is Herb doing but then I heard it rationalize that's what I'm saying yeah as soon as I I heard him rationalize it I was like that makes complete sense and you're not trying to get in trouble by having somebody get hurt in the ring exactly that's what because, his whole deal was not trying to because even hurt. though Robbie Lawler is an animal, a true. No, yeah, he's a, a killer. He's a killer. I mean, he's the former welterweight champion. He's taken out so many guys. He's had wars with Roy McDonald, Johnny Hendricks, Carlos Condit, um, and when you get when you get a guy in a, in, a, in a submission, you don't know a hundred percent if that man's gonna wake up. No, you know, it's a submission. It's a blood choke. So what you're doing is you're cutting off the blood to the head, to the brain, right? And you don't know. Hey, I mean, God forbid that that ever happens, but Robert Lawler could not have woken up, you know? And so you're trying to be safe. But at that moment, I was kind of like, what the heck are you doing, Herb Dean? That's Robbie Lawler. I, Ben Askren, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Askren, you know? No, I, no, I, th- I don't like Ben that much I, I still think, because they, they traded him for Demetrius Johnson. I still think Demetrius Johnson should be in the UFC over Ben Askren, you know, who just only had three fights in the UFC. But I'm not going to crap on Ben Askren here, but going back to it, going back on topic, refereeing is probably the hardest job. Oh, yeah. One of the hardest jobs in UFC, arguably the hardest job in MMA. Um, but that's our two cents on it. You know, oh, just something to say, Brian? I was going to say, do you think with the open scoring, it kind of at least takes away some of that criticism because a lot of like the big UFC fights, like the Jones yeah. fight in Houston, you get fans who aren't big MMA fans and they're watching the fight and they're like, oh, yeah, well, uh, Reyes, he won the first two rounds, and he crushed those first two rounds, even though Jones won the third and fourth round, and he didn't do it in the most flashy way. He still run, uh, won no. the round. You think the open scoring would kind of help, almost, I guess you can say, educate some of those fans who yep. are, I feel like the fans that are the loudest on Twitter are the ones that yeah, know the least about the UFC, because the ones that knew that Jones won the fight, they weren't very loud because they knew that they would get attacked on Twitter. And so yeah. you think that would kind of change that? Yeah, and so that's a great question because Open scoring is going to educate people right there and then. It's going to educate the fighters. It's going to educate everybody, you know. To see the rounds go on and then have it play out, it's going to, it's going to say, okay, so he won that round because he did this, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, it's like, what are these judges scoring on? Are they Because sc- every judge is different. They, one judge can score, okay, I like it. I like it because he's moving forward more. But the other fighters might be throwing more strikes. You know, but who's doing more significant? So it, so one judge might be scoring off of striking, one guy might be scoring off of one judge might be scoring off of kickboxing, and another judge might be scoring off of wrestling, right? So, which ju- What are the judges looking for? That's the problem, and that's when that's why all these commissions should get together and say, okay, just because a fighter gets a takedown doesn't mean squat because it's what you do with the takedown. So people say. Like even Shell Sonnen says, um, the the a take getting a takedown right, and he's a wrestler right. Getting a takedown is the start of a submission, right? Not necessarily because you can ground and pound, or you can just lay and pray, or you can just you know wrestle a guy to death, you know. Um, 
so you just never know what the criteria of what these judges are looking at and what they're scoring. You know, are are they looking for more of a, a kickboxing match or are they looking for an actual um, a wrestling or, or, or a jujitsu match? You know, what are they scoring off of? You know, so I think by having an open scoring, because look, MMA, MMA, com- combat sports in general are, is the only sports that do not have open scoring. You have it in football, you have it in basketball, you have it, you have yep. it in international football, yep. you have it in lacrosse, you have it everywhere. So... This it's going to educate the fighters during the fight to say, okay, where am what I? What do I need to fix? Exactly. What, what I need do? to fix? What's the game plan? Okay, or maybe so. not even what you need to fix because a lot of the time yeah. you're doing stuff right. They're just not doing what, the, like you said, what the judges specifically right. want because they're not going based on a set set of rules of what they're supposed to be judging on. Exactly. So they're literally just making assumptions based on what they think is better. Yeah. So yeah, to your point. And this notion of this notion of having um, the challenger having to beat the champion. Is absolutely ridiculous, dude. Dominic Reyes won three. I believe he won three rounds out of two. I can see where John Jones maybe won three rounds. Um, that that third the round. The judge you had there. it for one. I'm mean, gonna get out. Get out of here with that. Oh gosh, get yeah. Get out of here with that. Yeah, uh, I, I believe it was. I don't, don't want to get his name wrong, but I believe it was Joe Solis who was the right. yeah. MMA judge who uh, who no one really knew about. You know, he's never he's never, he hasn't he hasn't judged very many. You know, and UFC doesn't go to Texas very very often. Yeah. But um, had the notion of having the challenger having to beat the champion to finish the champion is ridiculous because Dominic Reyes did beat the champion that night according to the scorecards um but let's go on how, how much time we have left Branson we have uh, about three minutes but I mean keep this talk going yeah but I mean I was gonna add to that like I mean NFL you have the Patriots and this year they're upset by the Texans on Sunday night football that game say it goes to overtime UFC, like okay, Patriots won that because they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They deserve it. I mean, there needs to be a way to kind of right. have a clear-cut winner and to also, like, the champion, they don't have to not lose. I mean, if it's a close fight, they shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt every time, like you're saying. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and definitely. And just because, so, I mean, on the scorecards, Dominic Reyes probably won, what, 49 to – 49 to 47, 49 48. Yeah. But yet those, but yeah. yet he wasn't crowned the champion. Yeah. So in what world do we live in where the guy has has the higher higher points doesn't win, you know? So this notion of of uh of okay, so maybe John Jones won the last two rounds. Big deal. That's just two rounds. There's five rounds. You have to win three in order to win, right? But just because he's the champion and he's and he dominated the championship rounds, no, man, get out of here with that, man. Dominic Reyes should be yep. the, should be the undisputed light heavyweight champion. Okay, real quick, UFC 248 pay-per-view is coming back for its March edition, its annual March fight. The big uh, two big title fights, quick picks, who do you have winning and why? Oh man. So, I'm so ready for this fight this weekend. I'm so ready for this fight, man. You got Israel Adesanya from New Zealand and you know a high-level kickboxer, you know, uh who's not known for, for, for having knockouts, but yet he went and knocked out the champion, Robert Whittaker, in mm-hmm. two rounds, where Yo Romero, the man that he's, he's going to be facing this Saturday night, uh, the, the, the silver Olympic uh, medalist from uh, Cuba, mm-hmm. could not knock out Robert Whittaker yep. in 10 rounds. So my quick pick for this one, I have to I have to go with the champion, man, Israel Adesanya, man, the undefeated uh like a uh, 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 middleweight champion, you know, making his first. He he says it's a second defense, but it's really his first defense, yeah. you know. But Israel Adesanya, he says he wants to go. He wants he wants to go five nil, um, but I think he wants that finish. I think he wants that finish. So I got Israel Adesanya. 
Yeah, in that regard, uh, Yoel's got to get if he's if Yoel's going to win, he's got to get him on the ground with his fantastic wrestling. And I just don't see. I mean, if he want, if he's going to go stand and bang and exchange punches, Israel's going to wipe the floor with him. And honestly, I think that's what's going to happen. And like you said, I think he defends his title for the first time, not second time. But yes, yes. yeah, he'll he'll defend his middleweight title. Yeah, and then in the, in the co-main events, we have uh, Zhang Weili and Joanna Young Jacek, the former strawweight champion. Um, that fight is just as good as the main event. Mm-hmm. That is It's the first you, time <laughs> it's the first really what when ever since I started having like the main like two main events, the co main events. Yeah. It's the first one I've been like, yeah, that deserves it. it yeah, because it does. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if Young J Chuck and, and Wiley were was the main event. I wouldn't either. That's, no, that's a striking it's, it's a legitimately great fight. Oh god. But uh to make to make a pick real quick. Oh jeez, man. I've I've been going back and forth ever since this fight's been announced. I think I have to give the champion the benefit of the doubt because I think the champion Zhang Wiley is just a tank of a woman. You know, if I don't know if you saw the fight where she just smashed Jessica Andrade, the former champion. Yeah. It was disgusting. Joanna's more of a volume striker. She'll get you out of there, but she's more of a volume striker. She's more of a crisper striker. But I still think Zhang Wiley uh, gets it done. Um, I think it probably could be a stoppage. It could. Be, I think it could be. It could be a stoppage. I uh, maybe be. it goes maybe three rounds. Yeah, I actually I'm basically have the same thing. I think Whaley wins it in three. I think Joanna could uh, get the yeah. win, but she's going to have to get it into the fourth and fifth round. Um, due to the fact Whaley's uh, – I think that Joanna has an advantage if you get into the fourth and fifth as Whaley's not even fought in the fourth and fifth round. Very true. Although um, Whaley, I think, gets it done. I mean, she's just a monster. Oh. I think she's going to, you know, defend her title. And, and thank God, you know, that she got out of China with, with that coronavirus, virus, you know, of course, you know, affecting here in America as well, too. I and mean, we send our prayers out for them as well, too. Send the prayers out to China. Send the prayers out to Thailand, wherever, wherever it's uh, wherever it's going. But, uh, man, I just want to wrap up our first show ever, man. I appreciate y'all, man. This has been a great, awesome experience, man. Uh I'm Stephen Hardy Delaney, man. Uh, I thank you uh, for my for my boy uh, co-host right there, Grant, and uh, our producer uh, Branson. Uh, this is the first ever uh, episode, man. I finished the fight with Stephen Hardy Delaney, man, and uh, we are out.